Cause we got the alternative energy Unnicular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show I'm Michaela There have been two big announcements regarding nuclear waste dump proposals for South Australia in the last fortnight, and that's what we'll be looking at on today's show. On Friday 29th of April, the Federal Government, under a process led by the Minister for Industry and Resources, Josh Frydenberg, announced a shortlisting of sites being explored for a national nuclear waste dump to just one site, Wallabadina Station, or Bandiuda, on Anyamatna country in the Flinders Ranges. On May the 9th, the final report of the South Australian Nuclear Fuel Cycle Royal Commission was released, recommending that the state move quickly to establish an international nuclear waste dump that would receive high-level and long-lived radioactive waste from around the world. The response from Adnumatna and anti-nuclear groups around Australia has been loud and the call for folks to support these campaigns is clear. Today we'll hear from Dr Gillian Marsh about how the news broke for Adnumatna and the community response so far. Kat Beaton from the Conservation Council of South Australia will bring us an update on where the processes are at with both the proposals and support work. And we'll also hear some voices from supporters in Melbourne who visited Josh Frydenberg's office in Camberwell in his electorate of Kuyong on the morning of Friday 6th of May. Let's hear first from Dr Gillian Marsh. She's a member of the Adnumatna traditional owners of the Northern Flinders Ranges and she works closely with people at the local level who feel strongly about the impacts of mining and development. And at the Bachelor Institute of Indigenous Tertiary Education, she's involved with both research and candidate supervision. The first announcement that we heard around this was when my mother was contacted at 2.30 in the morning by a um, media outlet asking her if she was aware of the announcement made by Josh Frydenberg overnight and if she would like to respond to it. This is at 2.30 in the morning. So even just the way we found out about it was really quite shocking and I feel quite intrusive. I still don't understand why someone would ring you up at 2.30 in the morning first of all to drop that news on you and then to ask you to comment on it. My mother's in her 70s. She doesn't stay up until 2.30 in the morning. So really quite a rude and shocking way of finding out. But then rude and shocking are the ways that um, I would describe the whole process right from the beginning. When we first heard that there were six sites up for nomination across Australia back in October or November last year. We heard that there was a place called Bandiuta that had been nominated, but there was no details given as to where this place called Bandiuta actually existed. So when the nomination was first announced back in uh, late uh, 2015 by Josh Frydenberg, no details were given. So there were three possible sites that could have been this place called Bandiuta. So at the public level, we were all wondering, well, which site is he actually referring to? And it was only, um, I think, about a week later that we were able to get some clear certainty that the site called Bandiuta that was 
um, being pinpointed by the federal government was actually the site up there on Wallabadina Station. That had not been made clear at the beginning, um, which right from the start um, put people on edge because we didn't know where it was. It could have been one of three places that had that name um, in the area. So we had to try and um, make that uh, determination ourselves by being proactive so that we could let people know out in the community as soon as possible some accurate information about where this site was that um, Josh Frydenberg was referring to. The process at the time was uh, very secretive. There was no community consultation. Um, the nominations that were received by the federal government um, were decided on in a very secretive manner. The fact that the Wallabadina Station property is co-owned by an ex-Liberal um, senator raised some eyebrows and the fact that he doesn't live there, it's just an interest that he had dating back 20 years ago when he was part of a, um, um, a, a cohort of people and an actual committee that were talking about establishing a radioactive waste dump some 20 years ago. So this was a personal investment by Grant Chapman, the co-owner of this property, 20 years ago, buying a piece of land that um, he obviously regarded as a suitable waste repository 20 years ago. And um, here we are 20 years down the track with um, this announcement that um, this site had been the, the final um, site to remain on the list of six nominated sites that had been accepted. There, were no cons there was no consultation with any of the six areas, um, or the, the people in the six areas that were nominated. So back in November when Frydenberg made the announcement that there were six sites nominated, the consultation was very much between the landholder or the leaseholder and the federal government. There was no consultation done. In fact, consultation was refused um, to the, the neighbouring uh, property owners. The one up there at um, Wallabadina, the neighbouring property is an Indigenous protected area called Yapala, and that's where Regina McKenzie and her family live. Um, Aunty Regina and the corporation that, um, the, that run the, the property there at um, Yapala were absolutely outraged and shocked by this announcement and they have been calling on Josh Frydenberg since November to come and meet um, with the people of the Villiwarrina Corporation that runs the property. Regina and her family have even made the effort to actually go over to Canberra to go to Parliament House to ask um, Josh Frydenberg to meet with her and he has refused time after time after time to meet with the traditional owners that are right next door to the Wallabadina property. And um, one thing I'd like to say about um, the property in question, um, we've heard lots of discussion about um, the actual site for this waste repository only requiring um, you know, several hundred uh, square metres of land. But we know that having something like that built on your land to get things in there, to build it, to erect the, um, the repository, 
you need roadworks, you need people trampling over the ground. The area is literally scattered. It's just a mosaic of archaeological evidence. Um, there's stone artefacts laying everywhere. There are burial sites everywhere, including where this repository is going to be built. So it's a very highly significant area culturally. That's the reason why back in 2014 um, the federal government declared Yapala Station an Indigenous protected area. Now they have completely reneged on that. They are not talking at all about the fact that um, Walla Bedina is, is part of an Indigenous protected area because it is. Um, the cultural heritage doesn't stop at the boundary gates, it doesn't stop at the fence line, it doesn't stop at the grid. It runs right through the whole area, including Walla Bedina. Yes, and it seemed absolutely shocking that it would have gotten that far given all this information and also the fact that there was the first songline in South Australia that has been registered under the Aboriginal Heritage Act runs right through that property. That's right, yes. You know, th this area is, is profoundly significant to Aboriginal people. That goes without saying, there's no question of that. And yet, just recently in the last week, we've had Josh Frydenberg come back and say now publicly, oh, we'd like to do an investigation of the cultural heritage in the area. There's no need to do that. The area has already been assessed. It's already been declared culturally significant by the federal government. There are already hundreds of sites that have been recorded in the area. There is no need to go down this pathway of doing yet another cultural heritage assessment of the area. That's just rubbish. There's no need to do that. And people are very, very suspicious of why Josh Frydenberg is even suggesting that needs to be done. We think that it's simply another way for the government to whitewash our culture and to coerce people into agreeing that we could give up a portion of our land for the sake of a waste repository. It sounds like there's a very strong and united opposition to this proposal. Yes, there certainly is. Um, we've had um, an outpouring of support and encouragement and unification, not only within our own community, the, the Adyamutna community, who are the traditional owners for the region, but we've had a, an overwhelming level of um, uh, support and solidarity from the people who live in the region, the non-Aboriginal people, so this includes people that live in the townships of Hawker and Quorn and Port Augusta, um, and also the station property owners that are adjacent to uh, Wallabadina, they're absolutely horrified by this. And again, they haven't been consulted. They've been shut out of the process and they feel like their voices haven't been heard on this matter. Um, and I think that um, one of the things that we've talked about um, just recently, um, I've just talked to my family about it, is how um, in many ways the, um, the, the local people who haven't had the experience of of grappling with this type of assault on our cultural heritage and our, our livelihoods previously, 
they're, they're still coming to terms with how to deal with it and what it all means and what their rights are. For us as Indigenous people, we've been dealing with this type of um, colonial pressure for 200 years or more. So we're starting to come to terms with it and even though it's incredibly hard, it's, you know, it's still you know, highly divisive and destructive in many ways, it has a huge impact on our health and our well-being. It just totally dominates our lives. But at least we've had previous experience. So in that sense, um, we've come together with the non-Indigenous people in the area to share that experience and to share that um, that that past knowledge of, of how to deal with this and also how to support each other through this you know, terribly harrowing time. It's it's an awful time for all of us. Um, none of us are coping terribly well. And this is something that um, whether or not this, um, this proposal goes ahead, it's already having a massive impact on the well-being of people who live in regional Australia and in particular in, in regional South Australia. This is having a, a terrible effect on us. And we know that um, people in South Australia and in other parts of Australia have been through this over and over again. And it's been an issue for South Australia several times in the last decade. And here it is back again. And once more, we're being, you know, we're being tested and tried by the government, by the nuclear industry. And they're doing their best to just wear us down. But people are, are very, very resilient. They're not going to give up on this. And the sense of unity that we're, um, that we're experiencing over this particular issue is something I think that's been built up over many years. And it's really come together in, in a very strong message to the federal government. And no matter what they, they put to us, no matter how they try and divide us up or have, you know, at, you know attempts at, um, at doing secretive deals or um, issuing incentive money to, um, to local businesses, they're not going to stop our opposition. We won't give up on this. And if the people who are happily accepting those uh, monetary incentives um, continue to do that. That's their choice. We we respect that, but we won't be giving up our fight. We won't be stopping our opposition. So, what is the next stage then in the campaign? And for people listening and want to get involved and support, um, yeah, what's the best way for them to do that? I think one of the best ways is to um, go along to the public rallies that are being held. Um, join the, the campaign organisers through the Australian Conservation Foundation, Friends of the Earth, um, here in South Australia, the Conservation Council. Um, go online, go onto Facebook. There are some fantastic uh, Facebook pages that have been very, very active over the last few weeks. Um, there's lots of information that's been put up on Facebook including how to, to take part in several online petitions that have been organised. There's a, a Facebook page that's dedicated to um, uh, raising this issue with um, Jay Weatherill, the Premier of South Australia. There's an opportunity to donate money or to do fundraising. 
these are the critical areas where we really need support from right across Australia. South Australian citizens have been very generous in their time and their resources and particularly in donating money, but we really, really need more support from across Australia. So it's really critical that we get more people on board, that they become actively involved. But if people can't do that, the easiest way to help us out is to make some donations to these organisations that are helping us out, because without that um, financial support, it's just going to be a lot tougher for us. We'll keep following this very closely and working to support you all. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? Oh, yes, I'd just like to read out a message here. This is from one of the elders, my mother, Enos Marsh. She's been one of the key campaigners on this matter and she's worked um, alongside Aunty Regina McKenzie very closely. And this is her message. It's not just about... Um, our mother, or the Dreamtime legend, or the stories, or the culture. It's our custom, it's our pride, it's our identity. And it's your country, and it's your future for all Australian peoples. It means caring for the yatta, or the land, to speak out, to value, and to cherish this land. Our fathers went through pain and suffering to keep the law strong, our mothers gave their consent for this to happen. Our mothers hold the key to the kinship law, which is known as Mathuri and Araru, the two sides of the kinship system. This area is a women's site. As women, we will stand firm on this. We are the First Nations citizens of this land, Australia. We want to speak out like responsible Australians and we ask all Australians to stand with us. This is the Radioactive Show heard across the country on the Community Radio Network. If you'd like to listen again and share, the Radioactive Show podcasts are available at 3cr.org.au backslash radioactive. That was Gillian Marsh, Adnyamatna. And next up, we have Kat Beaton, long-time nuclear-free campaigner who is currently working with the Conservation Council of South Australia. I spoke to her on the 10th of May, the day after the South Australian Nuclear Fuel Cycle Royal Commission delivered their final report. Yesterday, the uh, final report of the Royal Commission into the nuclear fuel cycle was uh, made public, and the Premier spoke to it yesterday um, uh, it outlines recommendations to move quickly to establish a high-level international nuclear waste dump. Um, it also made recommendations about um, lifting prohibitions around nuclear power and um, uh, mainstreaming uh, approvals around uranium mining. So not great news. Um, a lot in the report and a lot that we're still all going through. Um, but I think for a lot of South Australians at the moment, it's just... Um, uh, looking at two pretty serious waste dump proposals. Mm. And here in Melbourne, we had a little action in solidarity with the uh, folks in South Australia who are in the first of the so-called community consultation meetings. How did that meeting go? It was it was great. So we had a series of meetings. The news came out on the 29th 
of April and then early the following week um, some of the Adyamatna women came down to Adelaide for a series of meetings um, and a big community dinner down here which was really great. About 80, 90 people came to hear from the women and share some food and kind of begin that um, that planning of response. Uh, there was a, a really strong press conference with the Maritime Union of Australia uh, offering their support and alliance with the traditional owners that are opposing it um, at Bandiuda. Um And then following that, corn, the corn community called a meeting. Um, corn's about 70 k's from Hawker, which is 10 k's from the nominated site. And that was fantastic. That was about 50 to 60 local community members uh, sitting down in one of the local businesses, really nutting through uh, what is this proposal, how do we feel about it, what are we going to do about it, um, and supporting each other to, to really embark on what's going to be kind of a year of um, being very active around this. Um, and then later that evening, there was a meeting that the department ran in Hawker um, to talk about what phase two of the project looked like. And that was that was faced a lot of opposition um, as they outlined their plan to roll out a $2 million uh, grant scheme and a um, regional community consultative committee. Um, but yeah, the voices of the Adyamatna came through very strong, uh, likewise with pastoralists that are surrounding the site of Barbuda. How long does this next phase last for? For the National Waste Down from Flinders Ranges, um, I think it's about a tw- another 12 months. Phase two is another uh, 12 months where we're going to see the department having a lot more of a presence in the community, um, engaging the community, answering questions. What is the time frame or what's the next steps with that? international proposal so the international proposal we've just we're waiting to hear from the premier today about how they're going to consult the community so up until now we've we've run the royal commission which has been evidence-based and really did lock out a lot of community voices it was gathering its facts and figures and evidence and now it's handed over a report suggesting that this can be done safely and to huge economic benefit to the state um the government has now said they are going to take this over to the people to have their voice. Um, and we're really questioning how that's going to be done, how effectively that's going to be done and trying to get those answers this morning. Jay Weatherall, the Premier here in SA, said he's going to make a decision by the end of the year, which is just a very rushed time frame. I mean, we're talking about waste that's going to impact our state for hundreds and thousands of years, yet we're looking at a decision by the end of the year. So, you know, we're under the pump over here um, and we're looking at uh, a range of proposals that don't make us very comfortable. Um, but the community every day is finding the time, um, sharpening up the skills and getting ready to support and to fight uh, both these nuclear waste dump proposals. Around the country, on the Community Radio Network, this is the Radioactive Show. And we just heard from Cap Beaton. Now let's go to some audio from an action at Josh Frydenberg's office that was organised by Friends of the Earth's Anti-Nuclear and Clean Energy Collective on the morning of Friday 6th of May to coincide with the first government meeting about the site, which was happening in Hawker, and to express solidarity with all the folks contesting the nomination. We've decided to gather down here this morning to stand in solidarity with Anyamatna traditional owners and local communities uh, near the Wallabadina Bandiuda site in South Australia. Um, their site has been nominated for 
the site of the National Nuclear Waste Dump and we're here to send Josh Frydenberg a strong message that these communities have support in the cities and reiterate their firm no and strong stance of opposition against this site. Hello, my name is Annika. I'm from the Anti-Nuclear and Clean Energy Collective from Friends of the Earth. Um, I'm protesting today against the shortlisting of the Bandiyuda site in the Flinders Ranges for the National Nuclear Waste Dump. Um, I've personally visited the site um, two months ago and was honoured to be shown the site by the traditional owners who are very strongly opposed to the site being turned into a National Nuclear Waste Dump. Um, we don't want this toxic waste um, in a remote place anywhere in Australia. We want it to be securely stored at Lucas Heights and in Woomera where it is currently stored. There's no need to dump it remotely and there's no need to target Aboriginal people again. The government seems to have not learned from their mistakes of trying to do exactly the same thing over the last 20 years. So I'm very upset about that. We have a number of activists in front of um, Josh Frydenberg's office. He's the Minister for Resources and responsible for this process. We've got a big banner and a waste barrel and people holding up signs to make people who pass on this busy road this morning aware of what is happening. I want to say I totally want to support this comment. You can't compensate the loss of people's ancient culture with a few dollars. And sadly, our government will pay big dollars to just destroy another culture. It's immoral. not here to say don't do it. Especially because I'm so concerned about the proposal of a waste dump site at the beautiful Lindus Ranges. This is land that belongs to the Aboriginal people and it's ours to honour and protect as we enjoy the beauty of this wonderful place. I'm totally opposed to uranium mining and I've just been spending the last four weeks hearing terrible stories of the aftermath of Chernobyl and Maralinga and also in the um, islands in the Pacific where they uh, detonated the atomic bomb at Bikini Atoll. The effects of radiation is long-lasting from generation to generation. And we must do what we can to stop this. I'm here to protest against the appalling decision the federal government has already made to put a nuclear waste dump on the sacred land and next to the sacred water of the Adnimatna people. I'm Ros Beaton and I'm down here because I find this decision absolutely extraordinary in terms of the impact upon the, the indigenous communities in that area as well as the proximity to uh, amazing um, amazing environmental places in South Australia. I also think that we have a lack of, of detail about what it would actually involve, um, the transportation issues, the safety issues, uh, cultural heritage, the lot. So it's a decision that certainly needs to be revisited. I came here this morning because I care very much about the protection of the Australian environment. I totally disagree with the idea of a nuclear waste dump, which will uh, poison the water supply, poison the land, and remain dangerous for hundreds of years. It's not a place in the middle of nowhere. My name is Tomo Matsuka. I'm from Melbourne, originally from Japan. And uh, 
Well, that we can't repeat the same thing we have we have done to Makati in the Northern Territory. We can't put our responsibility to someone else's responsibility, and uh, also that the, the selection process they haven't learned a lesson from Makati. We can't just pick someone's land without the consultation. First, we have to have a reasonable national debate. Also, it is not the, it is advertised as like a low-level, mid-level rate. Uh, medical waste, I think it's quite misleading because what South Australia is trying to do is eventually, as they are discussing, and actually as of today, they're going to release the uh, Royal Commission report, uh, they are aiming to make a business out of uh, nuclear waste. And as we have seen in what's happening in Fukushima, it is uh, something we can't handle in a short period of time. It's going to take tens of thousands of years, and we can't just make a, such a short-sighted decision for someone's benefit, personal benefit, like former global politician. This is just unacceptable. This is the Radioactive Show, heard around the country on the Community Radio Network. You just heard the voices of Jamila, Annika, Thalia, Padma, Georgie, Jean, Roz and Tomo. That brings us to the end of this week's Radioactive Show. We'll be bringing you more on the dump campaign shortly. And in the meantime, please visit Fight to Stop Nuclear Waste in the Flinders Ranges page on Facebook or fo.org.au backslash waste. You'll be able to find videos, news and links to campaign events and actions and connect with others on these sites. Coming up soon in South Australia will be Lizard Bites Back Protestival and that will happen from the 1st to 3rd of July at the gates of the Olympic Dam Mine on Gugatha Country, Roxby Downs in South Australia. It's organised by the Desert Liberation Front. Go to lizardbitesback.net and links to all of these issues and events can be found on the Radioactive Shows page also. Thanks for tuning in to the Radioactive Show produced in the studios of 3CR on the land of the Kulin Nations, Fitzroy, Victoria. Sovereignty was never ceded. This show is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks to Gillian Marsh, Kat Beaton and the Frydenberg protesters for contributing to this week's show. I'll be bringing you more of the stories from the Adnyamatna traditional owners in a couple of weeks. And please keep listening to the Radioactive Show for news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.